The Atlanta Braves' win streak reaches seven games as the offense puts up 13 runs on Wednesday night. Ian Anderson is great on the mound as well. We'll talk about all that, and I'll tell you just how good the offense was on Wednesday night in this episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we are covering your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and you can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. You can check out my bio there to see where I am covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves, where you can Comment there and be part of the show by giving me your feedback, questions, anything um, that you might want to tell me or the podcast. You can do that over there on Twitter. You can also do it on YouTube down in the comment section. So make sure you are subscribed on YouTube. Please hit that notification bell and hit a like on this video as well, as it really does help out the show a ton. And I really do appreciate all the support. And as always, thank you for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. And if you're locked, if you're subscribed to the Lockdown Braves podcast, you'll also get the postcast uh, podcast with me and Grant McCauley after just about every Braves game. You can check that out on the Lockdown Braves podcast and also over on the Lockdown Sports Atlanta YouTube page. But on today's episode of Locked On Braves, we're going to be talking about Wednesday's big 13 to 10, 13 to 2 win over the Oakland Athletics, what the offense did in that game, and also Ian Anderson's good start as well. And then we'll set you up for Thursday's matchup as the Braves begin a four game series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. But let's start with the Braves and their winning streak. As it continues, um, they stretch out this win streak. They now, since May 24th, they are 11 and four. They're 30 and seven on the year, three games over 500, just one game back of a playoff spot. Again, they've won seven in a row now. And again, they're in this stretch of games that we've talked about several times where they really need to do exactly what they're doing right now. And they need to pile up some wins try to get that record above 500, crawl back into the standings, and really just start playing better baseball and beating teams that you should be beating. Look, the Oakland Athletics, uh, look, they're one of the worst teams in all of baseball. They have lost eight in a row now, and they have been quite dreadful here recently. So you got to take care of business, as I talked about on the postcast last night and said several times, and the Braves are doing that now, and that's something they weren't doing earlier in the year. Uh, beating teams that they should be beating, and they've been doing that over the past week or so. So great to see, and great to see them finish off that two-game sweep of the A's. And how did they do that on Wednesday? For me, it was a relentless showing by the Braves' offense. And what I mean by that is they just kept coming at the A's. And you look at early in this game, they had a couple of chances and they let him get away. You had a leadoff single by Acuna in the first inning. He gets thrown out trying to steal. Looks like he slipped running second base because he was out by a long way 
Uh, obviously, a wet surface, rainy conditions there in Atlanta. I know it was bad here in Birmingham, um, but it looked like Acuna kind of slipped there. Got thrown out, so kind of brand themselves out of that inning. Second inning, got a leadoff double for Matt Olson. Ozzy Albies moved him over to third, and William Contreras, about the only thing he's done wrong lately, wasn't able to bring him in with a runner on third and less than two outs. Azuna hits a hard-hit ground ball, and they don't get anything in the first two innings there. But this is where the relentless part comes in because that doesn't stop them. They just kept coming each and every inning with scoring opportunities, and you just know eventually at some point in a game they're going to break out. And this is what I love about this offense and where I thought this could be one of the best offenses in all of baseball is that they just keep coming. Yes, they're going to miss some opportunities. You know, they're not going to bring runners in with in scoring position with less than two outs or a runner at third with less than two outs. That happens sometimes. But with this offense, you know, more often than not, there's going to be several opportunities throughout a game. And it's whether or not they can break through in one of those, those opportunities, hang up a crooked number. And they were able to do that in this game. You get to the fourth inning, they score one run in the fourth inning four runs in the fifth inning, one run in the sixth inning, seven runs in the seventh inning. It's just in a, a relentless effort by this offense up and down the lineup. And that's what I love about this offense when they are clicking. Again, it's just an, a relentless attack. They just keep coming. They keep coming. They may not push through in every inning, but just about every inning, they're going to pose a threat to the opposing pitcher. And that's what they did on Wednesday. And they broke through a couple of times putting up a couple of crooked numbers. They had double digit, They now have double-digit hits in six of their last eight games, and they had nine hits on Tuesday, so almost did it in seven of their last eight games. Everybody got in on the action Wednesday as well. Every starter in the lineup had a hit. Every starter in the lineup scored a run. All but three starters had an, a run batted in. Only six strikeouts, which you know I love uh, when they, they're not striking out a ton, putting the ball in play. Four home runs from four different players, four doubles by four different players. So, again, just a complete team effort, everybody contributing. That's what I love to see from this offense. And, look, I don't want to over, you know, overlook the fact that, again, the A's are one of the worst teams in baseball. They're facing a guy, you know, making his major league debut. But you still got to get it done. And, look, they didn't have any familiarity with this guy at Koenig and, they still were able to get to him, put a bunch of runs on the board, a bunch of hits. And again, my biggest thing, what I love about this team when they're on like they were Wednesday is that they just keep coming each and every inning. They're putting pressure on the opposing team, the opposing pitcher. And you just know at some point they're going to break open with a big inning. And they were able to do that a couple of times on Wednesday to take the lead and put the game away. I'll talk more about Ian Anderson as well as some individual performance offensively from the Braves on Wednesday night and next. Don't you love a chewy a brownie? What about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? So good. What if I told you that you could have all that chewy chocolatey deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein? Well, you're in luck because caramel brownie bars are available at built.com right now. And you got to act fast because they're a fan favorite. And forget about the dessert. These are better than dessert. Plus, the macros are unreal with just 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. 
I would replace a regular brownie with Built Bar's Camel Brownie Bar in a heartbeat. And the best part, Camel Brownie Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, as all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're puffs as well. It's really amazing. And all of Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. There are a million reasons you should try Built Bars, but for now, let's just say that the Caramel Brownie will rock your world, and that's not an understatement. With Built, Tasty is the new healthy. Go to Built.com to get your box of Caramel Brownie Bars now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. It wasn't just the offense getting it done on Wednesday. We had a great pitching performance out of Ian Anderson as well. I mentioned on Wednesday's podcast how he'd given up 13 earned runs in his last three starts. Gives up just two earned runs on Wednesday over six innings. Again, I thought this was a solid start. I'm kind of hard on Ian. He's one of the more frustrating Braves pitchers for me to watch because I just I know the potential is there for him to be even better. And he has been great. Don't get me wrong. I, I think he's been great for the Atlanta Braves, but I, I just think he could still be so much better even than he has been. But I still obviously think this was a great start, a solid start, sorry, uh, for him on Wednesday. I thought he was really good through the first three innings of the game, doing exactly what I love to see and Ian Anderson doing, and that's attacking the strike zone and throwing strikes. And he breezed through those first three innings, gets to the fourth inning, has his first three-ball count of the game, gets the leadoff batter out that inning, but then he ends up you know, giving up a double walk, a couple of singles, and a wild pitch in there, and gives up two runs in the in the inning. The double was a fastball just right down the middle to Loriano that he didn't move uh, or that he didn't miss, but that moved the, he, the runner moved to third on an error by Acuna and scored on a wild pitch. That was the first run of the game. And then he walks Stephen Boat, um, goes to a full count on Pender, but ends up striking him out. Good swing by Seth Brown to put uh, to put two on with two outs. And then he gets Sean Murphy in an 0-2 count, tries to sneak a fastball up by him, doesn't get it up high enough. It wasn't hit hard, just 69.5 miles per hour off the bat, but it does go down for a hit and drives in a second run. Able to get out of that inning, not allowing much more, but obviously the walk to Steven Vogt there gets him in some trouble. Walked the leadoff batter in the fifth inning, but got a double play on the next pitch. I thought this was interesting. He only threw seven pitches. In that fifth inning, the only two pitches that weren't called balls were balls that were put in play for outs and got three outs on those two balls put in play. So a very interesting inning there for Ian Anderson. And the sixth inning comes back out, has three more three-ball counts, uh, gave up a leadoff single but was able to work out of it. So again, very different between those first three innings and those first second innings. And we've talked about it, the struggle that Ian Anderson has had, you know, the third time through the order and I think it's still even in a good start like this kind of evident to see kind of what that is attacking the strike zone early on you know not getting into deep counts second half of this outing a lot of three ball counts going deep in, into at bats walking a couple of batters and that's really you know what has hurt Ian Anderson from taking that next step forward so Again, a good start from Ian Anderson, six earn, or six innings, two earned runs. That's what we usually see from Ian Anderson. You know, a quality start, six innings of, of three runs or less. 
you know, that's what we've become accustomed to with Ian Anderson, and that's what he gave the Braves on Wednesday night. Again, a very solid effort and picks up the win for the Braves. Again, some individual performances to highlight on the offensive side. Ozzie Albies ended his homerless drought of 40 games, hit one 391 feet. If it had been one foot short, it pro- shorter, it probably would have gone off the wall, but it gets over a big three-run homer there uh, for Ozzie Albies to mention that streak. I had, I had talked earlier in the week when I had the question asked, what were my biggest surprises for the Braves in this season? And I mentioned Ozzie as one of my you know, worst or bad surprises just because of the start that he's gotten off to. Doesn't it all think or mean that I don't think he won't break out at some point? You know, the back of his baseball card tells us that he will. He just hasn't been putting up, you know, the power numbers that we're used to seeing, the home run totals for whatever reason. And, you know, we can't blame the baseballs for everything, but I'm sure that has a little something to do with it for Ozzy. But, he does have a hit in his last nine games he started in, but just multiple hits in two of those games. And his last 21 games, he has a hit in 18 of those. And uh, one of those games he didn't even start in. So he's been getting the hits. Again, just hasn't been piling them up in games and hasn't been getting a ton of extra base hits. Been getting some doubles, but you know, not the home, run, home runs. So good to see that from him on Wednesday. That got his slugging percentage back over 400 he's been around 470 in his career so kind of tells you where the lack of power is for Ozzy Albies this year it just has not been there like we've seen in years past but hopefully uh Wednesday night kind of gets him going and we can start seeing some more of that power but uh, look he's been getting on base like I said he's been getting hits and I'll take that from Ozzy it's just not the player the type of player that we've seen in the past for Ozzy so a little bit different approach maybe from him uh again as long as he's getting on base and getting hits i'm fine it's just we're used to seeing 25 30 home run uh, power from ozzy albies and we just haven't been seeing that so far after a terrible night on tuesday for austin riley went over four with four strikeouts he gets a couple of hits on wednesday including a two-run homer has three runs batted in on the night he has been unbelievable in his last 16 games with seven home runs in that stretch again had a cold streak about two three weeks has really snapped out of that and been the austin riley that we saw last year and that we saw at the beginning of this season as well so that's great to see adam duvall had a double and a home run uh, got his average up over 200 uh, which is great to see hopefully his bat is starting to heat up hopefully him shifting into a corner outfield spot helps him relax more at the plate takes some pressure off of him defensively and hopefully it turns into some better results at the plate as well don't know always if there's a connection there or not but looking for any positive signs for adam duvall to kind of break out and the reason he's in a corner spot is because of michael harris and every game this guy just impresses me he's my favorite player to watch right now maybe other than ronald Acuna jr who's also pretty fun to watch but just the newness of michael harris you know every time he's up i I have to glue into the tv and watch his at bats or you know really don't want to miss anything he's doing in the field either had a double and his first triple on wednesday and i mentioned this on the postcast as well you could tell in his last at bat he was going up there looking for that first big league home run of his career just took three hacks at some pitches missed on all of them uh, but it'll come, Michael. It'll come. Uh, he'll get his first home run here soon enough. But 
He is just an exciting player to watch right now. I love tuning in every night just to see what Michael Harris does next. Speaking of exciting, William Contreras couldn't go another game without a home run. It had been 10 games for him. Not quite the drought that Ozzie Albies was experiencing, but from what we saw earlier in the year for William Contreras, going 10 games without a homer seemed like an eternity, but he got a home run on Wednesday night. He had seven home runs in his first 13 games, now just one home run over his last 11. So, uh, again, even without getting the home runs, he's been picking up the hits lately. William's done a great job, threw out a base runner in this game, a ball that he double-clutched and still was able to, throw him out again uh, I mentioned in yesterday's podcast he has shown to me now that I think he can be the catcher of the future for the Atlanta Braves who knows what you know catching every day maybe does to his offensive output but uh, right now he's looking really good and I think we're going to see him you know get even more starts going forward perhaps it becomes a 50-50 split with Travis Darno. again like I've said I, I still think Travis Darno is your primary catcher and should be he's been good as well but William Contreras showing a lot of great tools right now behind the plate and at the plate for the Braves and then the one last thing I wanted to mention Jose Cruz I thought he was kind of impressive coming out of the bullpen um you know the blowout game obviously but the stuff looked really good and he throws a lot of strikes I know he didn't walk a lot of batters in his time at Gwinnett so I think he could carve out a little role for himself here in the middle innings of games where, you know, it's close. Maybe the Braves are down by a run or two uh, and you bring in Cruz for an inning to hold things right there and see if the offense can come back and save you from using some of your, your more high leverage relievers. So I thought he was really impressive. It was kind of my first, you know, real look at him. Uh, so I wanted to mention that Jose Cruz, I thought he, he looked really good on a Wednesday night. Switching gears to Thursday, the Braves begin a four-game series against the Pirates, who might be better than you think. We'll talk about that next. On Thursday night, it'll be Max Freed versus JT Brubaker. The Pirates just give a quick rundown on them, previewing the series. They are 24-30. and 30. Again, probably a better record than many of you would expect. They are playing in the Central, uh, which is a pretty weak division, both in the AL and in the NL. However, the Pirates went out to L.A. recently and swept the Dodgers, as you may have heard. They won five of six games against the Dodgers this year, so it's not a team to be taken likely or lightly. They swept the Dodgers and then won a series over the Diamondbacks before losing two games to the Tigers in their previous two games. So give some quick ranks for them, both offensively, uh, and on the mound, 28th in run scored, 27th in average, 27th in OPS, 15th in walks. So they will take some walks, uh, but they do have the 11th most strikeouts. So those are the ranks offensively. Some offensive standouts for them. Key Brian Hayes, a very good young player, hitting 285 with a 374 on base percentage. Brian Reynolds, the guy everybody wanted the Braves to trade for in the offseason. He's off to a pretty bad start. However, he does lead the team with eight home runs and he is a good, good player. You know, he's going to break out at some point, but definitely off to a rough start and Tucapita Marcano. And hopefully I'm saying that right. I think I am, uh, has given them a spark recently. 22 year old has an 833 OPS, which is the highest on the team, but he's played in just 11 games so far, uh, for the pirates on the pitching side of things. They rank 25th in ERA 25th in whip. Their bullpen is a little bit better, as they're 18th in ERA and 19th in whip. So 
those are the rankings for the Pirates and what to expect from them coming in. As far as JT Brubaker, he is 0-5 on the year and 11 starts, a 4.70 ERA and 1.45 whip, 53 strikeouts and 51 and two-thirds innings. However, he's been much better as of late. He, he was really bad in April, but in May, he had a 2.63 ERA and 27 and a third innings, going at least five innings in all five starts. Back-to-back scoreless outings against the, against the Rockies and Padres to end the month of May. But his last time out against the Diamondbacks, gave up five earned runs on eight hits and a walk in four innings pitch. So hopefully he's going bad month, good month, and this is a bad month, and the Braves can't continue that trend. But even his expected ERA and analytics tell you that he's pitched a little bit better than his overall numbers would say. So, you know, he's definitely a pitcher that's capable of going out there, giving the Pirates five or six solid innings. Speaking of which, so is Max Fried, and he's coming off his best outing of the year, uh, eight innings in his last start. You know, get this weekend off to a good start. It's a four-game series, so obviously you want to win that first one to set you up to win three of those four at least, and that's what the Braves need to be trying to do, continuing to just take care of business against these teams that they should be beating up on like the Pittsburgh Pirates. So this needs to be another series win, and hopefully Max Fried gets the Braves off on a good foot for the weekend with a good outing on Thursday night, and hopefully the offense can continue what they were doing on Wednesday. That will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 